What's up, everybody? You now tune in to the Hey Now podcast. Hey now. Pop Hater 420. Yeah. Big baby. Huh. Huh. I said I float like a butterfly. I sting like a bee. Yeah. I've been having conversations with a bunch of nobodies, and you can tell them what's the topic. They gon' talk about it. Yeah. And they hit from every angle. Swings just like Honda. My team steady winning, with no championships You like Wesley Johnson when I handle a shit My chain's on in the dark, it look like candles is lit I make all the plays, I do not ride the bench My efficiencies, 100% I get paid to talk to Jazz, I'm worth a Donovan Mitch <laughs> You see all this fashion like Odell with the kicks Dance moves a Brona, hit like Bronze Bomber <laughs> Dame Miller, don't wanna switch up the clip And I must protect this house like Curry is at his crib Big baby buzzing like Kimber Walker. Shorty had a jump man's on, so I faded on her. I said I float like a butterfly. I sting like a bee. Yeah. Having conversations with a bunch of nobodies. I said I float like a butterfly. I sting like a bee. Yeah. Just having conversations with a bunch of nobodies. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Hey Now podcast. Um, this episode, we got none other than Edgar Sosa, Dykeman's Zone. Rice Raider, Louisville, you know, a GOAT overseas. Um, we got a chance to sit down, you know, just have a light conversation on a few things about the NBA, about what's going on in society. But most important, you know, we got the Edgar Sosa journey, you know, a little a little glimpse of it. You know, his hard work, you know, his dedication has, has certainly opened a lot of doors for him. But as you know, everything was in old peaches and cream. You know, um, when he was with the DR national team, you know, playing against Panama, he suffered a severe injury that a lot of people, you know, thought he couldn't play basketball no more. And if he did, he wasn't going to play it at the level that he was playing it at as before. Um, but he buckled down, man. He grind, you know, spent a lot of nights crying, spent a lot of nights doubting himself, but he found a way. You know, and, and that's certainly motivation to a lot of people who felt that they can't get back up. You know, he's a true motivation. Um, and he's inspiring. And I just hope you guys, you know, enjoy enjoy this kickback. So enough of me. Here it is. The Egasosa journey on the Hey Now podcast. Hey now. Oh, so that's the kill we good about. Welcome! <laughs> man, that's the this fucking song like Wakanda, man. <laughs> oh. What's up, everybody? You now tune in to the Hey Now Podcast. A conversation with a bunch of nobody. It's your boy, Kev. We're going to introduce ourselves down. So go ahead and introduce yourself, you know. It's your boy, Edgar. Wait, wait, you gotta introduce yourself. The name gonna come out in the in the video. Okay, the, okay, okay, Gabby. The niggas no already problem. know what okay. I do when I. No, 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 no! You had your chance. You had, you had your chance. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is what it is when it was. Jennings, beloved. Shackhead. So yes, man. Uh, episode eleven of the Hey Now podcast, man. Uh. We got a, a, a good uh, a f- good friend of mine, you know, um, we go way back, way, way, way back. Um, so he gonna come kick it with us, man. We gonna, we gonna talk about a few things and then uh, 
we're gonna get into the to, to the Edgar Sosa story a little bit. Uh, first off, you know, uh, shout out to uh, Fame NYC, shout out to Drew, you know, shout out to uh, my man James, you know, we're gonna be having him tomorrow. Shout out to my man Trot, you know, finally, you know, it's good to see him. You know, shout out to my man Will, appreciate you, brother. Um, so, uh, first off, I, I kind of like wanted to start off the show. It's been kind of like a little, you know, bad energy going around, you know, New York uh, with a lot of crazy stuff. Um, first off, I want to say, you know, uh, rest in peace, you know, uh, Junior, you know, young boy um, that was in a, uh, in a tragic situation, you know, uh, and it's just fucked up. Um, I really don't have much to say because... Uh, I'm still dealing with the fact that I just lost a student um, last week, uh, so I'm really not going to um, talk too much about it, you know, because it's a touchy subject for me. But uh, I'll just go down, you know, uh, I know now you live in Florida, so um, so I don't know if you've been able, you know, to kind of catch on what's been going on here, so yeah. maybe it's possible, you know, shed some light, you know, uh, yeah. on the situation. No, like you, like, like you said, bro, it's uh, a tragic situation that happened to a kid that probably, not probably, that he didn't deserve, you know? And um, it's just sad that this is the society that we live in today. And um, I'm just happy for the support that he's getting, the support that his family's getting. You know, obviously it's not gonna bring him back, but just to see our community gather themselves and show their love and appreciation to their family is just something amazing, man. Gary, as the only parent on here right now, I don't, as the only parent on here right now, I don't really want to talk about it because I already know that every time his mom turns on the news, every time his sister turns on the news, every time his sister go outside, every time somebody in his family go outside, they got to remember every time, every time. So I'm not even going to make it a topic of mine to speak on that no more. Everybody knows how everybody feels about it. So I'm going to just leave it right there. Beloved. Hmm. I got a lot of feelings um, about this situation. I spoke to Kev in depth about it throughout the week. Um, I'm going to be respectful of his mom, of his sister, of the bereaved. Um, I mean, everybody in this room has lost somebody close to them at one point in their life. And one thing that I find vivid in my mind when someone dies the first week, everybody's coming over, everybody's bringing food, especially before the funeral. But the real grieving process starts after the funeral. What's next? How do we cope? How do we adjust to this new normal? So I would say to you know the supporters, the community, whether it's local, whether it's nationwide, let's keep our eye on the situation. Let's continue to um, support the family, but also the taxpayers in New York City. We need to hold the Justice Department accountable and pay attention to the trial to make sure that the family gets the justice they deserve. They deserve and I'm gonna just leave it at that. Chef, um, I agree with everybody. Only thing that I want to add is um, maybe shout out to um, DJ Scott Leroy Jr.'s and his his situation that he has going on. I don't I know everybody's seen the videos that's going on. 
and everybody sees what's going on, but support that. This can't be a situation where it's just we grieve for this kid and then that's it. You know, so let's continue, you know, let's let's make something out of it. You know, so many times Trayvon Martin, so many other kids, Mike Brown, so many other kids, and then we all grieve like he's saying, but right now we all see somebody trying to make a movement and we we, we, we see the videos there, so support the guy, follow him and 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 you yourself you know speak out speak out against these things i know everybody feels the same way and and that's it you know it was a tragic situation but i think everybody in 2018 has a platform where they can use and they can reach out to people and you know that's what we need to start doing and that's just how I'm, that's 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 what I'm gonna say about that. That's one of the reasons why this uh you know platform was created. So uh we just gotta do better, you know. And uh like Kirk Kelly said um in the last episode, man, we really gotta um preserve our youth and really take care of them. All right, Facts. so now uh we're gonna switch it up. Uh gonna lighten it up a little bit. Uh we're gonna switch it up to the NBA. You know, recently we just got the awards was 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 let out. You know, I want I want James' opinion on this, you know. Um, Will's opinion on this, a few people. First of all, shout out to Kimball, you know, back to back, you know, got that award. Um, James Harden got uh, MVP over LeBron James. Uh, In my my opinion, if you check the stat box, stat for stat, LeBron James got it. And uh, uh, they gave it uh, to James Harden. Now, Kyrie recently came out and said, you know, James Harden is is the people's MVP. I'm not part and, of the and, people's. And, 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 wait, hold up, hold up. And LeBron James is the M- NBA MVP. So le- let me get your. So so what are your thoughts on that? Who first of all, who you thought was uh, MVP this year? Um, <clears throat> I thought I thought LeBron James was the MVP. There we go. And I think it's hard not to give someone an MVP when the under the other candidate that's in it. He's beating them in almost every statistical category. It's hard not to give that person the MVP, in my opinion, my humble opinion, because we're talking about two amazing players, two of the top talents of basketball in the world. I think the NBA has just gotten tired of LeBron. I wouldn't say tired, but they like it's known and it's clear that LeBron James is the best basketball player in the world. So they thinking. Let's give the chance to somebody else. They're kind of treating it like a charity case. Like, we know he's great. We know he's the best player in the world. But let's give somebody else a chance. And that's stuff you do in PAL programs. Pee-wee. That's <laughs> stuff you do in super biddies when you're dealing with kids. Oh, he wins all the time. Let, let this other kid get a chance. But when you're talking about some of the best basketball players in the world and you're talking about an MVP award, we're talking about most valuable, the do most everything. important. Do everything. Got to give it to LeBron James. Uh, Gabby, what's your take on that? LeBron James is LeBron James, and LeBron James is going to be what LeBron James is going to be. <laughs> and that's what the hell I got to say about that. Okay, uh... That's a quotable. Uh, quotable. thank you, uh... Quote that! Thank you, Gabby. Thank you, Gabby, uh, beloved. Yeah! Okay. Beloved, go ahead. Uh, this is not the first time we've At seen, all. um people be snubbed by not getting an MVP award, right? You look at Kobe, he's only won one MVP award. 
when Jordan was in the league, he should have been MVP All the time. pretty much every year. Mm-hmm. Steve Nash has two MVP awards. Whoa, whoa. So there's no set criteria that the writers or the players need to follow in terms of who should be MVP. So to me, that's part of the problem. I think in the next collective bargaining agreement, that's something that should be addressed. But um, yeah, like when you hear the acronym MVP, most valuable, you take LeBron off the Cleveland Cavaliers roster, they maybe might, they, maybe might they be, win 25 games. They might be worse than the Knicks. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they win 25 games. I'm being polite. You take James Harden off the Houston Rockets. They still got Chris Paul. You still have Chris Paul. They still may get the eighth seed. So it's, it's very obvious, but this is not nothing new. People have been getting snubbed. All the time. This, you know, the entire. LeBron been getting hating on since oh, hating started. Started hating. Right. Shaq, right. Shaq, Sha- Sha- go ahead. Uh, your thoughts. You know, before we moved on, before we move on. Damn. Listen. Okay. I agree. I agree with everything you're saying. Only thing, uh, LeBron's numbers are better. He's a better athlete. He's he's a better he's a better player. Doing I more mean, with less. I mean, in a different position. James Harden is, is you know. For his for his position, he's the best player. But I don't. I, that's 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 not the subject. I think we're forgetting the season that James Harden got snubbed over last year, and I think the NBA just kind of wanted to make that up to him. Now, if that's now if that's bad, if that's a bad thing, then maybe. But Russell Westbrook averaged like a triple Harden double. Have, no, no, he had a good he season. Had, he had a great but, season. But Russell last Westbrook year. averaged yeah, a triple season. double. He had more though, you feel me? Like, but I'm saying, I'm, I just, I just feel like, like I get what Egg is saying, like you know, it's not PA, it's, it's not PAL, but the man had two back-to-back great seasons. No, I told you, and and LeBron James too. LeBron James, but LeBron they, James. He got sweat. You know what I'm saying? But in my, the finals. my my whole thing is, if you put James Harden or or anybody else on the Cavs, I don't think they'll be able to take him to the finals. And I think that's what first people. Of all, first of all, I mean, that's why I think when people fuck it up, you feel me? Like it takes a certain caliber type of player to get the the, the type of players that he had on that team to make them like play to to the level or I just agree. carry them. You feel me? I, like I agree. That takes a lot. So that's why I think he should have got MVP. Cause I don't think if you put James Harden on, on the Cavs, put him in the East, I don't think he takes that team to the final. Thirty five. And, and 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 I think if you put James Harden on a team in the East, maybe I think he go. I think I think. So you telling me you put James Harden in the Cavs without LeBron James with that team, they go to the finals. The finals? No. No. No, nah, the finals? No. They might go to the finals? No. Nigga, you no. getting that's what a you rock mean? Yo, listen. No. That's a rock hit. No. Nah. What's next? Nah. <laughs> that brown hit nah. next. And James Harden only plays one first side of, of the court. Next. First of all, the only he way to try to play defense. Is, 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 J- is LeBron James still on the East? Shoot that bell. Is LeBron James still on the East? Well, James Harden doesn't even try to play defense. Where's that bell? So you give somebody 30, but you give up 40. You got that? You got that? <laughs> James Harden on the, on the East is a beast. 
LeBron James on the West is a flop. Let me tell you that right now. How is he a flop? LeBron James goes to the to the West. He is that's the biggest mistake he ever made. You wild. Let's go. Next topic. The next topic we're gonna go into before we go into. I'm skipping every topic. I'm going right into the social story. Uh. Rookie of the year, cause I had a big debate. I'm upset. What's Alexander Cortez? Oh yeah, yeah. First of all, my my my, I apologize. Uh, shout out to uh Alexandra Cortez. You know uh the youngest um lady in Congress. You know she's gonna be the the youngest lady in Congress in 2019. Years old. You know 28 years old. You know she's from the Bronx. She Puerto Rican. You know so shout out to her. You know doing so. We're we're giving a public endorsement. Public endorsement. We show love. That's what we do. We show love. We show love. That's what we do. We show love. Everything else, you know. For now, free love. Free love. No, no, she already got it. Oh, okay. we, we own her. She she's showing free love for now. For now. For now. So now we're going to we, we switch yeah. it up real quick. Shout out uh, to all my brothers from uh, another mother. Yeah, Gabby, you know? Rookie of the year. We got Ben Simmons. You know, he edged over Donovan Mitchell, which I think is bullshit. You hear me? Well, hold up. James, what you think? Who should have won Rookie of the year? Donovan Mitchell. Answer the question. Answer the question. Yeah. What? Ben? Ben Simmons? You, like you asked him the question. So, my, in my opinion, I thought it was Donovan. You know, Donovan Mitchell, you know, uh-huh. shout out to him, you know. Why? Uh, what you, uh, why? One, because he's an actual rookie. Two, because what? he never practiced. That's not a good... I, I'm over that conversation. Wait, wait. He, all right. Three, wait, wait. Two, two. Fucking OKC. Well, hold up. Two. He yeah, uh. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> two. He, actually pra- he came in as a rookie, meaning he had no NBA experience. He had no vet to speak to him. Mm. He had no vet to guide him. Don't he don't. didn't get to see no NBA practice. He didn't see anything. I'm talking about now. I'm not talking about brother. But let me finish my statement. You can't let let me finish my argument. All right. My argument is, he put up that work, bro. And he eliminated OKC, bro. And he eliminated OKC. OKC had Westbrook. OKC had Melo. OKC had Paul George. Who the fuck are you talking about? No, no, no. Bello, nigga. I can't Melo. Don't disrespect Melo. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, you talking about? Let me do my thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. I need that bell. You're not getting that bell. I need it. You ain't getting it. I need it. First of all, I got to say, shout out Louisville. Oh, oh yeah. We all know yeah, Donovan yeah. Mitchell went to Louisville. Okay. And it's hard, it this way. And it's it hard this way. for me to go against the grain. Against the grain and against the family. Um, even if he didn't go to Louisville, I feel that he should have been rookie of the year. My reasons are because he's a true rookie. That's like comparing in college football a red shirt freshman to a true freshman. Now Ben Simmons oh, didn't play. Okay. So when you are, uh, so red shirt is kind of like you're at the university, you're at all the practices, you're pretty much part of the team. You do everything with the team except suit up for the games. Okay. So that's that's what I will compare it to, and the reason why I say Donovan Mitchell is the rookie of the year is because although Ben Simmons didn't play last year, mm-hmm. he still got an NBA paycheck. He was still working with NBA trainers. He was still watching NBA film. He was still working with some of the best in order to improve his game, even though he wasn't able to be on the floor. Now, now, if we're talking about a single season, I say Donovan Mitchell had the better season 
And also, he didn't get that redshirt year. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a single season, their rookie season. I think Donovan Mitchell is better. Now, in the long run, four years, five years, ten years from now, who's going to be better? I think that remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. But for right now, for the 2017, 2018 season, Donovan Mitchell was clearly better. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Gabby, uh, thoughts? Hold on. I like... I like Jason Tatum, man. I just like that kid, man. That kid mm. is real, real good, man. Mm. Like, you understand me? Like, he did his thing this year. He was like... I forgot to mention He him. was basically one one or two. You could debate either or. You know, Kyrie was hurt. The other guy... I think, but I think... The white man he, was hurt. I think after Kyrie got hurt, I think people started noticing him more. I think but that's why... That's, that's a great, that's a was, great point, guys. He, he started his thing, working, Yeah, bro. he was doing his thing before that. You feel me? I just... I like Jason Tatum, you dig? I, I really like that guy. Okay. That Jim? guy is a thug. Beloved? <laughs> I don't know about a thug, but he's a good player. And when I say thug, I mean <laughs> on the court, thug on the, the court. A thug like with the ball, like he a bully, like not a real bully because bullying is trash. But a bully on the court, you know, you gotta bully Mello. people on the court. You did he like mellow, you know, bully like shout out bully, bully. <laughs> uh, go Jimmy, shout out to bully. Um, I, I would go with Donovan Mitchell. Um, <laughs> Jason Taylor. To piggyback off um, what Edgar had said, when you're uh, exposed to an NBA lifestyle, NBA trainers, uh, NBA coaching, NBA paycheck, NBA paycheck, <laughs> I cannot give you the same credibility as somebody who's coming fresh out of college. Louisville, mind you, Donovan Mitchell was dogging in the West. Everybody knows the West is a bloodbath. So, for those simple reasons, I would have gave it to Donovan Mitchell. But I'm going to say this. I, I hope we don't get in trouble. I feel like the NBA is grooming Ben Simmons to be one of the next main faces of the NBA. I see that. So, giving him Rookie of the Year is Give good, him for, that the, it's good for the storyline. You know, LeBron is in his 15th year. They're constantly doing these LeBron comparisons. You know, he's light-skinned from Australia. It's good for the international marketing. You know, Donovan Mitchell, he had an awesome, you know, season. I mean, not really an awesome season. He took out OKC to me, and that was that was a big that was a big factor. You know what I'm saying? That was that was a real big factor. I didn't I didn't see what Ben but, but, Simmons really, uh, you know, accomplished. You know to be considered uh you know what i mean besides his numbers it was just like if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna snub jason tatum ben simmons is in the east as well so you could say you know that that that's not really that impressive you know his his all-around numbers so i feel like if you're gonna go with you know somebody in the east you should have went with jason tatum but i also understand the donovan mitchell argument you know argument definitely
I said you protect the sheep by killing the motherfucking bulls. No, you didn't hear me. You listening, but you didn't hear me. finally back and now we're gonna get into a, a guest and this should be a, a goodie i think this is something that uh has to be told man i've, I've been uh around edgar since i was probably like 10 11 years old and um one of the things uh, uh i get upset with him is just he never take a time um to kind of appreciate all the accomplishments you know that that he's overcome you know coming where we come from and um He's always, I think he's always like constantly like working, working, working that he never just takes a step back and be like, damn, you know, like I really wasn't supposed to accomplish some of these things. I know that's one of the reasons why um, I kind of wanted to bring him on the show uh, is because of his journey, you know, his determination, you know, his hard work, uh, um, being relentless, you know, in certain situations when people thought, you know, um, it was over. Um, so, enough of me, and we're going to get into Sos, man, he's Sos, and uh, my first question I, I want to uh, start off with is, how was it, you know, growing up in Dykeman, post, post, yeah. half, down post, you know? Nah, yeah, growing up in Dykeman was really what molded me and made me to the person I am today, like, I'm so proud of, like, where I'm from, like. Like, I carry it, like, as a badge of honor where I go. Everywhere I go, there's two things. Well, there's actually three things I always want people to know. Like, first and foremost is my love for God. Right. I think I wear that on me. Like, you know, the hats that I make all for God. I always represent it on my posts. I want people to know how much, how much I love and appreciate the love that God has showed me. Mm -hmm. Second is that I'm Dominican. I think that means so much so much to me just because Dominicans are known to play baseball. Dominicans are known for other things other than basketball. Although we have two very good players, NBA All-Stars in the NBA that are Dominican and a lot of players all over the world that are representing our flag. You know, Dominicans are really known for, for, for baseball. So wherever I go somewhere, whenever I travel, I let it be known that I'm Dominican. And the third one is that I'm from Dykeman. Dykeman has molded me and has made me into the man that I am today. Um, <clears throat> I was actually gonna leave this question until we got further down, but yeah. you actually brought something up, uh, you know, being uh, Dominican and playing um, basketball. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I'm kind of gonna jump ship a little bit. You went to Rice High School, you know, and you also played for Gauchos, you know, yeah. and mostly Gauchos players, you know, were um, all black, yeah. you know, so, did you feel like a sense that you always had to like perform, you know, and represent um, every time you step on the court? Yeah, you know, in this, in you know, right, I, for sure. I mean, I, I definitely feel that I had to uh, perform and and show who I was. I think growing up, I always had that chip on my shoulder. Just because when I started out, it's like it's this Spanish kid from uptown that's coming to play with the good players. The best players in the city all played for Gauchos, all played for Riverside, all played for the New York Panthers. So, and to be honest, the best players in the city were all African-American. So 
whenever I got the opportunity to represent Riverside Church or represent the Gauchos, my brother always told me because my brother actually, who's my role model, was a, a really good basketball player. He got cut from the Gauchos. And mm-hmm. I remember that day he came home, he was mad, crying, just throwing things all over and my brother, in my opinion, was a really good player. And he says, they cut no, no. me. <clears throat> Hold on, I'm sorry. Yeah. He was a hell of a player. Yeah. He, I, I love Eric. Uh, yeah. He was a savage. Right. So you could go ahead. Man. And my brother came home and he was just in his feelings, you can say. And he thought that they had cut him because he was, the, he was Dominican. I'm Spanish. He wasn't supposed to be there. So when I was given that opportunity, I played with a chip on my shoulder. And I was ready to go at any and anybody in the city that I faced because... I wanted to be recognized as a good player, but I also wanted people to know that that I'm Dominican. So, yeah, I always played with that chip on my shoulder. What role? Uh, you mentioned your brother. Yeah. Uh, what role did uh, did he play, your older brother Eric, like in your in your life? You know, in yeah. on the basketball court, you know, and um, off the court as well. Yeah, my brother is my the biggest role model in my life. Also, my mom. But I, I call my, I jokingly play with my brother and I call him my dad because, you know, for those who don't know me, my dad been in and out of jail my whole life until he finally got deported. And my brother had to play that father role. My brother became the man of our household at 17 years old. Like my brother played T, D2 basketball at Monroe College. He had an opportunity to be a walk-on at the University of Miami. He turned that down at 17, 18 years old to raise me. So when I see that man and when I spend time with that man, it's like the opportunities and the things that I have accomplished to him, to, for me, are all because of him. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm at the position that I'm in today in life, and I'm still striving. I'm not this great player. I'm not this. I'm 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 working. You are a great player. Uh-huh. And you're better than Jose Calderon. <laughs> hey, hey, no, 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 no,
It was like too good to be true, my nigga. That shit was crazy. So now, uh, I kind of want to take it up. Uh, I kind of want to take it up a little bit, man. I, I kind of, uh, I kind of want to want to talk about a little bit about uh your days in Rice, man. Uh. First of uh, we first off we already had Cash, we already had Kurt Cows, man. Uh, Cash told us a little bit of the story of how you know you got into Rice, uh, mm -hmm. but how did that came about? You know you going to um, into Rice? Yeah, I mean and going to school in Harlem. Yeah, just uh playing in Gauchos. So from the end of fifth grade all the way through eighth grade. Me, Cash, and Kurt played together in every single tournament. Curtis Kelly. Who Curtis Kelly, who we had in the previous right, episode. Last episode, yeah. Fact. Shout how, out to my brother. How, how, how was that playing with uh, Curtis and the uh, and Kashif Pratt? I mean, who it was, was on young. our first episode. Yeah, <laughs> we was we was young. I mean, in our in our first like heading into middle school, we were good. We were really good actually, but we 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 wasn't great in the nation. We were like running the city. We were winning any every tournament in the city. But we didn't get really good in the nation till we got to high school. But so I eighth grade comes and Cash and Kurt are going to Rice High School. My zone school is Kennedy. Oh, so you so there was a there, there was a, a chance you was going to John F. Kennedy. There was a chance I was really supposed to go to Kennedy. I was supposed to go to Kennedy. So. Eight, the end of eighth grade comes. I didn't do the summer program with Cash and Kurt. Because in my mind, I was supposed to go to Kennedy. So a week before school starts, our our coach at at, uh, at Gauchos, Paul, he says, we might have a sponsor for you. So a sponsor is, for those who don't know, Rice was private. Mm -hmm. And I think it cost private, private, private Catholic school. That costed about four or five grand to go there. I didn't have a scholarship. I didn't have a sponsor. So there was no way my, my family was going to be able to pay for that. So in my mind, I was going to Kennedy. So Cash tells me, yo, that sponsor is going to, you're going to get that sponsor. Just come to school. So wait, wait, hold up. So you just, you just popped up. In I just picture? popped up in school. The first week of school, I was not enrolled. They used to call attendance. <laughs> I think Cash, Cash was telling us. <laughs> I, they used to call attendance. They never called my name. I used to just stay quiet. So you were just a body in the classroom? I was just a body at a, at a high school. I wasn't registered. Nobody knew my name or nothing. That's definitely illegal. So a week goes by in school. That's illegal. And I, I, can't, I can't forget this. Mr. Suarez, he was our social studies teacher. He's teaching class or whatever. He stops. And he's like, he's like, what's your name? And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like, my I'm like, my name's Edgar. He's like, what's your last name? I'm like, Sosa. So he's looking up at the list. Rice High School only had about 480 students. It's a small school. It's an all-boys school. So he goes through the whole list. He's like, I don't see your name here. He's like, he's like, get out of my class. So I'm going to the, I'm going to the counselor's office, man, and I'm just sitting there. They call the our high school coach Mo Hicks, and I'm just crying, crying my tears. I'm like, man, I gotta go to public school. I really want to play high school ball with my best friends. Like, like what's gonna happen to me now? And by the grace of God. They were able to find a sponsor for me. And once they found a sponsor for me, they enrolled me in the school. And I just became a, I became a student at Rice. A real student. A real student <laughs> at Rice. <laughs> Even though I was a Rice you, man you, for about a week and you, nobody knew. So you was, but then I became an official was, Rice man. You was actually on the roster. Now. I was, they actually wrote me down on the roster. Bro. I, 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 so I got a question. Brokering deals since he was in the ninth grade. Cash is the man, bro. <laughs> cash, cash. Cash is the man, bro. I'm just gonna say that. Cash I got a, is that I got guy. a question. I, I, yeah. 
we had um Alan Ray on here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what episode that was, but shout out to Alan Ray. Shout and, out to Alan Ray for sure. I just want to know how you feel about him saying he didn't want to go to he didn't want to go to Rice to play with y'all. If you have any uh, thoughts well, on that, yeah, he was. I mean, yeah, but just going to the school in general because Alan just, Ray, just, you know, he's a little older. Yeah, you know? yeah, well, yeah but I'm just saying, like he, 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 yeah. Yeah, he, um, he wanted to he wanted to separate himself from that situation. I mean, shout out to Allen Ray. Shout out, Allen Ray is a great player and, and one of the greatest players to come out of New York City, in my oh opinion. God. Oh God. Yeah, but for me, Allen. growing up, I was in love with Andre Barrett. Mm-hmm. Andre Barrett wrote, wore twelve mm-hmm. at Rice. That's the reason that I wore twelve. Mm-hmm. That's what so mm-hmm. coming up, coming up, and coming up, we used to go to Rice games, watch Andre Barrett. And I just fell in love with this dude. I wanted to be Andre Barry. And they say, man, this dude is probably one of the best players in the country. Like, girls from all over the city are, like, in love with this dude. They come to the games just to watch him. So that's what you want. I'm like, yo, I want that power. I'm like, yo, I want that. You yeah. want the Jones. I want to be, be Andre Barry. So the ever since, ringing the bell at the game. Right. Right. So you, ever, since, ever since I saw Andre play, I, I fell in love with Rice. And honestly, I'm going to be real. I didn't think that I was out of talent to play at Rice just because all the great mm. players that were coming up wow. but I knew that if I got that opportunity I was going to try to make the most of it and, so and why, that's what I did so why you ain't roll with me and my man James the Hayes though I well, mean Carnell Hayes shout out to Carnell Hayes you knew James and, mm. I, met yeah. you mm. and mm. I met you in elementary school yeah. because of James yeah why you ain't with us and go to Hayes with us. Bro, cuz... And keep it at, 100. At that time... I can't play with James. At that time, I wanted to go to Rice. I'm not going to front. I wanted to be it was, it was part of a, the biggest movement. Yes, wanted, wanted to be part of the biggest movement in the city. And also, y'all probably had y'all mm-hmm. sponsor situation or how y'all was going to take care of y'all tuition. Actually, my man, he was James, was really supposed to go to Rice. Really? We wanted really? James to come to Rice. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hold on, real talk. Hold on, real talk. We'll save that wait, for really? tomorrow. We we'll saved that for tomorrow. We'll we wanted James tomorrow. to go to Rice. No, 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 no. Yo, I, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. But let me but let I break been, it down. Yo, I never knew that. Let, can I break it down? Let me break it down. Let me break so it down. that's what happened. Yo, we wanted, we wanted James to go to Rice, but James James is all about, and shout out to my brother, shout out to my best friend. James is all about setting his own path, setting his own lane. I'm chilling with his man. And and he was also very tight with Gabby, so he he decided oh. to go that that route and, and and man he still got that school on the map, you know they still open and and James is probably one of the best players not probably he is one of the best players to ever come out that school so I can't fault him for wanting to go to Cardinal Hayes but we wanted you to be a Raider. Wow, uh, one that is uh that's crazy because like I said you know. I've been around so since James since I've been a kid, and I actually never knew that. Yeah, that is surprising. That would have been kind of lit. I ain't even gonna lie. No, but you ain't go to the JV game where Rice played Hayes. That shit was so lit at Hayes. You don't even understand. I was on the bench the whole time. But that's what. Hey, but, but, but you remember that day. That's what counts. That's uh, what counts. But Rice smacked Hayes, so I got in at the end. Oh, there was a scrimmage. Oh, so you got a little six bird. Quarters, so you right. got a little bird. Six quarters. Hey, it don't matter, baby. As long as you got some sweat. I played against Speedy in the Ooh, he cooked you, baby. Nah, but it was nobody cooking me because I fucking get buckets. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> So man, another thing that uh, people I don't, don't remember that game. Uh, another thing that uh, people might not know is that uh, in New York City, you was actually uh, the number one point guard. You feel me? Uh, mm-hmm. And and how how I want to say like what pressure did you feel? Because I know I know you. Uh, I know there was a point in time when you was in high school, and a lot of people were saying that. Uh, 
that in order for you to play Division One, you know that that you had to put on some weight. Mm-hmm. You know they were saying you know that you was too small, and that you wasn't going to be able to play PG. You know, um, but then you ended up you know working, um, and you ended up being you know the number one point guard in New York City. Mm-hmm. So I want to I, I want to know kind of like what is your what it, what was your 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 mental like. Because uh, uh, we see a lot of these young kids, you know, they just do a lot of things for the gram, and they're not, like, mm-hmm. really putting in the work. And one of the things that I admire from you, one of the things that um, I take heave and and I, I honor from you is, is your work ethic, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I've been privileged and I've been spoiled enough, you know, uh, to see from you. Mm-hmm. So what, what was your, like, what is your... Your, your mental like like what is do I have to always get better like I can't rest like what's your mentality like nah, my, my honest mentality the reason why and, I, and and let me just say this I feel like everybody works hard so you were saying that uh you feel that everybody works hard yeah I mean as a as a professional athlete like in order to get to that level um you have to put your time in you know what I'm saying? I know you have some players who are just naturally gifted who don't really have to put in as much time as others and are able to become professional. But I feel like everybody works hard. And for me, I think a lot of people, and I'm just being real, I think a lot of people glorify, oh, Sosa's a hard worker. Sosa puts in the pain. Sosa likes to get it in, which I do. I enjoy it. But this is my job, and this is what I feel that I have to do just to keep up, just to keep mm-hmm. a job. Just to continue to do what I have to do, I feel that, I, I even feel that the time that I put in is not enough. Because for mm. me, I'm not 6'7". Although I'm, I feel that I'm a good height for my position, I'm not 6'7". I don't have long arms. I don't jump out the gym. You look at long fingers. I don't, have, I don't have the quickest feet. So for me, instead of when Kevin be like, yo, smell your roses, like, look back at your accomplishments. For me, I'm looking like, yo, the things that I have to do in order to maintain and keep a job because playing basketball is is competitive. You see all the people that play basketball all around the world. And for me, I think that I have gotten to the position that I'm in, and it's not the greatest position. There's a lot of people in basketball that are doing a lot better than me. But I'm content with where I'm at in my career just because I know how hard I've had to work in order to get there. And I'm really, I'm really doing it through hard work. This is going to sound crazy to y'all, and y'all going to think, oh, he's, this is cliche. I really think that there's nothing special about me, bro. Like, there's nothing special about me. You Everything. Like you're doing, but you, do you feel like you're doing a bare minimum for your, for, like, is that what you're trying to say? Like, no. Like, you're doing a minimum for somebody your, your, your size or something like that? Like, that's, that's kind of what I'm getting. No, nah, I don't feel that I'm doing the, the minimum. I feel that my mentality is, like, there's a lot of people that play my position that doing a lot better than me like NBA players even when you talk about European competition you're talking about EuroLeague and Euro Cup and all that stuff and I'm thinking like I have to put in the, the amount of work that I need to put in in order to stay at this level or get on a higher um, level you know what I'm saying so so for me is I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do when people be like yo Sosa you work hard man Sosa you wake up 6 in the morning to run and to do yoga and to do this I'm like yo bro I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do bro but I think I think what what Kev means when he's highlighting what you're doing mm-hmm. is that a lot of the younger generation now they don't understand that they they need to work that hard just to get to a level 
that you're at. Not 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 downplaying or anything like that, but mm-hmm. just to say, like I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You 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 striving. You still striving, right. which is amazing. Yeah. Kev may be underrating that factor. Yeah. And that's what I think you're trying to say. Right. Is that Kev is underrating the fact that you're still striving even though he feels like you 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 should sit back and smell the roses. Right. But, but, but the but fact like, that the, the thing that we're trying to highlight is that for this generation that now is just making videos and feeling like they're special because of that. Yeah. They don't really understand the day to day work yeah, that you need to put in. And that's what we're trying to really highlight, highlight at, right. at, at the end of the day. And, and and we really want you to talk about that because I still feel like they don't understand. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Because cause I hear I hear the stories that Kev tell me mm-hmm. and it's people don't do that stuff right. no more. Uh, right. People not waking up early. Like people underestimate waking up early in the morning. Right. Right. Like when you tell somebody to do something for before eight o'clock, yeah. they'll look at you crazy yeah. nowadays. Yeah. And like and like just to just to piggyback on that, like and I wake up early just because I like to get my day started. I like to I like to get my workout in and then I like to enjoy my family, enjoy the rest of my day. But somebody who works out at but, but six see, right there, right yeah, there, right yeah. there. That's a thing right there because that's what I think that's a factor right there because people don't understand if you wake up early yeah. and you put that work in early, you get a rest of a day to enjoy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean where where I was gonna go with it is just to say that just because I work out at the time I work out, seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning, doesn't mean that I can't do that same exact workout and work just as hard at, at 3 p.m. Exactly. At 3 p.m. The only thing that separates the 6 a.m. workout from the 3 p.m. workout is setting that alarm clock for 5.15 a.m. You have to have a certain amount of discipline to say, you know what? When that shit goes off at 5.15, as much as I want to stay in my bed, as much as it's the off season, as much as I'm not obligated to get up, I'm going to get my ass up and I'm going to grind. Because the average working class citizen every day wakes up at that time That's to fast. put in that work. And, and, I, and I'm not sucking up. And I tell this to Kevin all the time. I tell this to my mom. Me and my mom have a great relationship. We talk a lot. Y'all the heroes, bro. Real talk. Y'all wake up every day. Every day, Monday through Friday, some of y'all... Monday through Saturday, and y'all work a job every day from nine to five. My profession, my profession calls on me to work on my body and work on my mind and my skill for maximum three hours out of the day. So who's working harder? Okay, they say, oh, the working class citizen, they sit behind a table, they sit behind a computer, or if you, if you run a store like Drew, you, you run around hustling, getting your kicks and all that, but he's doing that from sun up to sundown. My my grind is I get up. Shout out to Fame. Shout out to Shout Fame and Real Rap. I get up and I work out at 7:30, beloved. I'm done at 11, and the rest of the the rest of the day I could put my I could kick my feet up. Wait, wait, oh, oh, I was just gonna say like, kind of like piggybacking uh, real quick what Shaq said. Uh, so I actually went down uh, to Florida for a few days uh, to Soul's crib, you know where he lives now. And um, he literally got back uh, from Italy on Tuesday. And um, I got there on Wednesday, and he was literally back in the gym. Uh, 
And um, when I said, yo, like, why you ain't take, you know, some time off, you know, to let your body heal and stuff like that. He was like, yo, uh, I'm just coming off being a five-time, you know, champion, you know, and I didn't win this year. You know, him saying that he didn't win this year and 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 making him, like, get back in the gym, I, I just... People don't got that grind, you know? People mm. don't got that mindset, and that's why I always say, you know, I've been spoiled coming up in the game of basketball because I've been privileged, you know, to be around some people that 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 work extremely hard, you know? Uh, I've been around Sosa. I've been, I lived with James literally overseas, so... I've been able like to see these guys work and I just feel that a lot of these kids coming up is not really like putting up that time man, and, and that work I because know. like like I it's know. real man like you also got to understand man this was a kid that came from up from Dykeman and Rick Patino was actually like in the gym I still remember going to um, St. Michael's gym um, I forgot who he was playing and, and I, I saw Rick Patino there you know, um, being very slick and uh, and and greasy. You know how he. Be, you, know, <laughs> you know, I. You know, y'all know what shit. You know, real yeah, slick and all like, that. You know, so 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 he was out there. You know, and just to see that, you know, I was like, I was a little, I was a little shocked by it. I was a little shocked. You know, like I was like, damn, like this this guy is a legend, and you know he's here. You know, watching so so to the young people. You know. Um, I just want to say, you know, you got to, like, really, really, like, work hard, you know. You got to, like, shoot in the rain, you know. You got to, like, shovel snow. I'm only saying this because that's the shit that we used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, not, but so now... Uh, I remember... I, 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 I got something real quick. I was going to bounce it to Louisville, but I, I, go ahead. I haven't mm-hmm. said nothing, mm-hmm. so you I, I think that might be a good <laughs> thing, but go ahead. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a good... That might be a good thing, but go ahead. Okay. Nigga, I thought you were sleeping. Like said but go nothing. ahead. I wasn't sleeping, but I'm sneaking real deep in right now. <laughs> what? What? Oh, you deep what? what? Oh. You said I'm sneaking real deep in. Hey, yo! Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, listen. One time, at one point in my life, when I was in eighth grade, I had like 16 assists. And I just want to say that those were the best 16 assists <laughs> of my life. <laughs> you, know, you know why those was the best 16 assists of my life? Because... We had the girls in the fucking bleachers <laughs> rocking. And all I had to do was pass the ball to Edgar. Hey, 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 Gang. All right, oh, uh, beloved. Wait, 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 I, I was, I was gh- gonna so jump into what you was gonna say. Sixteen assists, straight to Edgar. Sixteen assists, sixteen assists to him only. Yeah, yeah, beloved. You was gonna jump into. And it was sixteen three pointers. So there's a lot of. I wish I was up by before they put you in the game. Well, before we get into this, um, do you remember that time? I'm gonna jump real quick, and we're gonna go Dykeman real quick, and then we're gonna jump into uh Louisville. I just wanna say this because I know James is gonna get tight when I say this. James and Louis is gonna get tight when I say this, but I love him to death. 
Um, I just want to talk about a moment in Dykeman when uh, you was at another game. Back. And you took playing a with cab, right? You was playing with Gauchos, right? Yeah. And, 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 and you came to Dykeman, right? Was yeah. Um, And uh, James, you was playing against James and, and Louis Guzman. James Shout out to Lou. You know, Jonathan Gill. And Jonathan Gill. Lou, you feel me? Lou, you still acting how you acting. But it's still love on this side. Um, So, yeah. So, you was down at half. Y'all was getting smoked, right? Y'all was getting down 20, right? You popped up in the cab, you know, at halftime. Will, slide a little bit because I want to see James' face when I say this. <laughs> Alright, just slide a little bit. I want to see his face. Alright, so then, boom. Um, You come out on halftime and you get in the game. What happens? I'm not even going to say it. Go. So... Oh, okay. All right. So James, James said, James said, well, hold on. I got you. I got you. James said, what kind of defense? All right. What defense we was playing? It was a two. It was a two-three defense. Okay. So what happens with the two-three defense, real quick? And then we are gonna go to Louisville and all that Rick Pitino shit and all that. But go ahead. Nah, I be killing James about this all the time. Nah, I just. Nah, nah, nah. I be killing James about this situation all the time. It's crazy. So, so what happened about this situation? Crazy. It's just crazy that like what this happened. What team I was in before you start? Dykeman, you was on my team. Was on, was on. He was on my was team. On. Yeah, cause you're so good. Nah, so um, <laughs> it, nah, it's just amazing that like this happened when we was like 15 and. You know, James, shout out to James. He just turned 32 days ago. Shout out to oh, James. Happy my birthday, best friend, James. My best friend since sixth grade. My best friend since sixth grade. talk. And it's crazy how like 15 yeah, years, 15 years no have gone by. The no wife beater club. Now, 15 years has gone by and we still we still talk about this. But now nah, they was playing with uh with Mookie's All-Stars. And it was uh it was James, another one of my boys, Lou Goose. And Jonathan Gill, another one of my boys. And um, what happened in that game? In that so half? I got there at halftime for some reason because I was playing another game in the city with Gauchos, and they was up smacked. twenty. But the crazy thing about it is, like they they hitting threes. They like when I walk in the park, they going to halftime like they bugging, they wilding, they hitting threes, they pumping their chest, they talking crazy. And uh, I just got in the game and. It's crazy because my brother was there, and, and I never got the chance to really play in front of my brother because my brother always had to work. So, so you felt you had to show out. Yeah, every time, every time, okay. yeah, every time my brother was in the park, I felt like I had to. You had to show out. I was James. gonna have a. Eva, I, I just gotta say that James had like thirty, just in case. Fuck. No, no, no. We're not talking either, about that. But either, either. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Much. I had to show out because my brother was there, and I just, yeah. I just started scoring the ball and. And then I have 41. So you have 41 and a half? 41 and a half. And we took the so, chip that year. Wait, you were so, 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 so in 16 minutes, because it was 16 minutes and a half, because it was juniors. Yeah. So in 16 minutes, he had, you have 41 yeah, points? Yeah, but I think it also was a little bit like, I wouldn't say intimidation, but... Like nigga, I intimidation. Shot, I, How the fuck is that? Forty one no, 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 intimidation. I'm talking about, I'm talking about my own team with Gabi because I used to tell him, "Yo, give me the ball every time. Give me the ball." So, although it was twenty minutes, like I, I had the ball literally every those time. two quarters nigga, every single time. It was time. the buzzer, and he pushed me so he could get a dunk at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah, so I had the ball every single time, but yeah, I had, I had forty one. Yeah. So, so, so you uh, have forty one at half. At half. In the second half. In the second. And 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 you won. And you won the game. And you won the game. And we came back. And you won the game on on James. Won the game on James. Nah, that's my brother. I don't care that nigga's your brother. I don't let that nigga to death. Now you got the MVP. Now over somebody here, but that's for tomorrow. My nigga, that's like old man, old tournaments, my nigga. That's when you was collecting. That's a whole different game. 
In my opinion, I feel that that's easier. That shows uh, a real deep level of humility mm -hmm. that's lacking in today's generation. Yeah. Facts. But I also got to big you up because there's that term, I'm going to put that pain in. Facts. Pushing your body past its limits mm -hmm. where you're sore, maybe you're hurt but you want to keep going. Mm -hmm. That's not something that the average civilian can do, but you choose to do it anyway. Right, right. I, I had an outburst about 20 minutes ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm a grassroots basketball guy. Right. Like, fourth graders are playing. Yeah. If I had to go to One Oak, mm -hmm. or go check out the fourth graders, I'm checking out the fourth graders. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I, I just love grassroots basketball in its purest, rawest oh. form. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody in the room will uh, testify to this. Mm -hmm. um, there's only 450 spots in the NBA. For sure. Okay? Mm -hmm. A lot of these guys don't belong there. <laughs> no, I'm going to say it. I'm Wait, in the, in the NBA, a lot of them? A lot, a lot. Most, most, a lot. Most? Give 10%. Yeah. No more. Hell no. More. Yo, I'll say like 22%, okay. bro. Go ahead. Oh, God, give it to go and ahead, then I'm going to give y'all my take on it. Go ahead. Okay. So, Kev mentioned earlier, you were the num at one point the number one point guard in New York City. Mm-hmm. I'm going to dial back a little bit. What was your recruitment process yeah. like coming out of Rice? Yeah, well, well, I was an early commit. Okay. I committed the... Uh, junior year? I, I committed the... the First week of my junior year, so September of my junior year. Okay. Uh, um, so why? Why the fuck the Louisville? So growing up, and shout out, shout out my big homie. You say he was coming to his game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, shout out my, shout out my big homie Francisco Garcia. He's he just like, FaceTimed him too, and he yeah. didn't even pick up. Because I'm doing a podcast. I'm doing. That's my man. Nah, but like he's like he's like really like my mentor. He's someone that I look up to and someone that, you know, I see as like guidance and someone who's mm -hmm. lit who's go he's going he's already passed what i'm trying to become so he walked the journey so i'm trying to walk okay. the journey so you know we know who so um is, so, so i wanted to i wanted to i wanted to be just like him growing mm -hmm. up so so in all phases of my life i have someone that i loved and i wanted to become in high school it was andre barrett in college it was francisco garcia so Seeing Francisco Garcia playing at Louisville, him being Dominican, him, mm -hmm. him being from where I'm from, mm -hmm. and him seeing everybody knowing that he was going to get drafted, and him coming out of high school, he wasn't the greatest player. He was thin. He couldn't really do much. And just seeing how, how much he developed and how much Rick Pitino developed him, I wanted that. Okay. I wanted to follow in his footsteps, knowing that he was going to be a Dominican in the NBA. I wanted to be the next Dominican to be in the NBA. So that was the reason 
when Louisville came came knocking on my door. It was a no brainer. Yeah, uh, Rick Pitino literally came to my came to my school. I didn't even know he was coming. My high school coach called me into the office, and I walked in and I saw Rick Pitino. That's crazy. And and when you when I saw Rick Pitino for the and sometimes I still like bro like I played four years for Rick Pitino like. Although, although, time. yeah, although, like, <laughs> he has gone through some stuff in this past year. How like, was that? As far as when I first saw him the first time, it was something, it was like seeing, like, a fake person, bro. It's like, I was starstruck, <laughs> No, no, real. no, the crazy part, it's funny he said that, because, uh, James, I don't know if you remember, when we saw him in the parking lot, when we was going to the gym, I ain't going front, when he pulled up in the band, Silver, <laughs> I was a little starstruck, like, yeah. oh, like, that's this Rick motherfucking Rick Patino. Nigga look like a Barbie yeah. dog. Yo, son, yeah. like this <laughs> nigga look iconic. Yeah. Like this nigga had a glow to it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so. This nigga was flowing type shit, bro. <laughs> that aura. That aura around him, yeah. That's a shit, fact. Nigga said it was some Prince shit. Shit was weird. Shit was weird. Yo, go ahead. Yeah, so, dale, dale. So, so when Rick Patino came to my school and he was just like, I want to offer you a, a scholarship to come to my school, I remember that weekend. I was supposed to go visit UConn, and the weekend after that, I was supposed to go visit St. John's. How many offers did you have? I have 14 offers. Well, we, give we, me the top five that you yeah, consider. Yeah. yeah. That I, the top five that I consider was was NC State, mm -hmm. Syracuse, UConn, Miami, and Louisville. Okay. But so yeah. You said St. John's. So when so no nah, so when so when so when <laughs> Rick Pitino came to my to my school. I told my high school coach to cancel those other visits, and I committed that night. That I day. thought, okay. yeah, that okay. day, I thought Louisville was in St. Louis. <laughs> Louisville was in Kentucky. Well, hold yeah. on, hold on. Boy, so hold you, on. Wait, wait, wait. I yeah. got you right now. That's so you much. never, so when you committed to the school. I had never been there before. Nigga nigga never visited. Nigga I had never been, I didn't was. know where Louisville was. I just nigga knew that I was on my way to Louisville, was. and I was going to play for Rick Pitino. I didn't know where it was. I know where it was. I was, I was 17, I was 16, 17. I think we might have to drink on that. You just, you just pulled up? I don't give a yeah. fuck. No, that that Listen, show, trying to get that shows the to, power to of influence. Wow. Yeah. So the fact that you were so enamored with the journey of Francisco Garcia, mm -hmm. you were willing to jump out the window and go to Louisville, not knowing. Where it was. Not knowing where it was. Nigga so, said I thought the shit was in St. Louis. <laughs> nigga thought he was going to be at with Nelly. <laughs> 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 nigga thought he was going to be at with Nelly. Nigga thought he was going to be at with Nelly. Nigga thought he was going to be So you commit to Louisville, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first month of your junior year. Yeah. What is the rest of your high school career like? The rest of my high school career is like now... I mean, I had a target on my back in New York City, but now when I go to AAU tournaments, I really got a target on my back mm -hmm. because Thanks. everybody's like, you know, the our, the 2000 class, let me be clear, that joint is loaded. 2002, mm -hmm. right? No, 2006 high school class. 2006, 2006. It's loaded. We're talking about, we have yeah, arguably... Shout out some of them out. Shout out Kevin Durant. Kevin All right. Love. No, Kevin Love was 07. 07, yeah, we came with But look, nah, nah, some of the some of the some of the low some of the low people who don't really get shot at. Uh, Ty, Law, Ty Lawson, point guard, went okay. to North Carolina. Sharon Collins, point guard, went Kansas. to Kansas. DJ Augustine, who's still right. in the Texas. NBA, went right. to Texas. We got uh, the guy that 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 I think he went to jail for. He got in that gun tr uh, trouble with uh, Gilbert, with Gilbert Arenas. Arenas. All right, Craig, Craig, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Creighton. Yeah, yeah. Creighton. Javaris Creighton. We have we have Brandon Wright who's still in the league. Um, it was just loaded. It was just loaded from top to bottom. So when I committed early, it's kind of like it put me kind of on that national scene, and now all of a sudden I had a target on my back. Right. Oh, I want I wanted to ask you. Ripetino gave you the bag. Nah. Ripetino ain't give you no bag because nah, it's a lot bro. of shit going on. Nah, there was bro. no strippers thrown nah, on. Nah, no strippers. Never, never. Oh, okay. All okay. that. Nah. Look at this. That happened. Nah, 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 for real. Like, I graduated no 2010. Oh, that's what you're going to do? I graduated okay. 2010 and all that started in 2012. I was two oh, years so, removed. So, when, when, when you was being recruited by Louisville yeah. and when you was at Louisville, there was no strippers there. Never. And, and no money. And Never. all that other shit. Never. All right. So, all right. Gabby, go. I got, I got, I got something. Don't so, hurt yourself. Clear, when, when I went to the Louisville versus CN Hall game in Jersey. Mm-hmm. I, nah, I can't even talk about that. Next question. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, okay. So, I can't <laughs> even talk about that. Go ahead. So, you had a target on your back. I yeah. You slay everybody. That. Yeah, yeah. Who was in those AAU tournaments that was coming at you, maybe? I mean, Levance Fields. I mean, Levance was playing in the age group older than me. I mean, Sharon Collins to this day, that's my man. We had had battles. You know, uh, the DC Blue Devils had Ty Lawson and Kevin Durant. You know, we battled a lot. Um... We played the Dallas All-Stars. I think they had Brandon Wright and some other and some other <laughs> guards. I mean, Cash could probably name these guys more than I can. Mm-hmm. But we the six the O six class was loaded, and when we used to go away to these AU trips to Houston, to Dallas, to Florida, to New Orleans, we really had to had to get it on to peace trip. Yeah, you had to come with your game. Um, so um, so now you at Louisville, man, and. Uh, <clears throat> One of the things that I kind of like get upset with people is that uh, they always come to me and they'll say, uh, "He should have left his yeah, first year." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one is he should have left his first year after you know Texas A and M after he busted AC Law's ass. But that's a different story. Um, what I was trying to go with was um, how was kind of like your mental aspect, you know, being coached with uh, Rick Pitino because. I know. I don't know if everybody knows. He plays a lot of like mind games. games. Yeah, yeah. You know. So how how was it from you? You know, you're you're coming from New York City. You know, you're coming from Dykeman, and then you're going to the countryside of Louisville, mm-hmm. and you know, and you got this guy like like fucking coming with you with your mental in a sense. Yeah, yeah. With your confidence, how how yeah. how did you feel? You know, because I know that played along with. Uh, with you hitting that shot uh, against Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. Because they was almost going to send your ass home. Facts. Just I so. remember that. Said Just so. You home? That's a they fact. They was. They you was. missed that shot. That nigga would have been here. <laughs> That's Damn. a fact. At fame. I mean, as far as like my, my troubles. My yeah. Spot. <laughs> as far as like my troubles and like, <laughs> y'all stupid. Now like the, the mind games, like all started, I think like my sophomore year. I think my freshman year was a good year for me because the player who I was competing with at the time, Andre McGee, he got hurt in September. Okay. Mm. He got hurt in September and he had to get knee surgery, so Rick Pitino had no choice but to play me. I was a freshman. I was coming in. Our other point guard, shout out Brad Giannini, who's actually doing well for himself. Who? Brad Giannini. I don't remember that. He was a senior my freshman year. And... um. It was just me and him at the point guard. Andre McGee was injured, so I had to play. And me just coming from where I come from, having that chip on my shoulder. First of all, when I committed to Louisville, a lot of people in my hood 
who saw me grow up coming up, I'm not going to mention any names, said that I'm not going to play. They you said, can mention names if nah, you want. I ain't going to put nobody okay. out there like that, but... I hate this. Now, you sure? Now, sure? no, no, no. do that. We now, do one, that. One, of them, one of them is a very influential person in our community, and I will never do him like that, now, but... But but you don't got to do it in a negative way. No, no. I'm just saying... Tell him story. Tell him story. Tell him story. Speak your shit. Speak your shit. Go ahead. So, people in our community who saw me grow up as a child... They said that because uh, because I was a little wired when I was little, I had a little temper and that drop of a dime, I was ready for whatever, you know what I mean? So they said I wouldn't make it past summer school. They said he's not going to make it past summer school. Yeah, he's going to get kicked out before summer school is even over because he's that wild. You know what I'm saying? So you had a wild side though. I mean, used to man. I, I'm an old man now, Should but I don't move. But niggas are old man. But facts. <laughs> but nah, I used to be wild. I, I was I was somewhat disrespectful. I didn't respect my elders. I was I was I was wild, bro. You know what I'm saying? So so a lot of people thought that I wasn't gonna make it playing for Rick Pitino. So I kind of used that to like to prove people wrong. I always wanted to prove people wrong who thought less of me growing up. So. When I got that opportunity, I just, I took off and I was playing a lot of minutes. You know, I was learning a lot. You know, I was lifting a college program, so my body was developing a little bit. So, I don't know, I just, I balled out my, my, my freshman year and I, I had a lot Facts. of success. I had a lot of success. So, uh, I had a ball at the Eastern Rick, Conference at the Big East Championship. E- nigga said Eastern <laughs> Conference. Yo, but, uh, That's Nick, you know a nigga Liddy. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so, so, and uh, I'm going to let everybody else bounce around bounce around from this yeah um so you was talking about your freshman year yeah during your freshman year um you did something that a lot of people may not know during the ncaa tournament you was actually uh second in scoring behind kevin durant yeah now um, gangster position now you play against texas a&m you working. I still remember I was in Hoovy's crib. Shout out to Hoovy. You know, we was watching the game. And uh, you working. Yeah. You working. And uh, you hitting free throws. Bang, mm-hmm. bang, hit free throws. I remember that game. James, right, get right. off your phone, James. <laughs> um, so you out there doing your thing. And uh, you missed two crucial free throws. Yeah. Yeah. But you had a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. But you missed two crucial free throws. Now, uh, yeah. my question is. Uh, and it was why against Texas A&M, against Texas A&M AC Law, mm-hmm. you you cooked them. Yeah. Why? Uh, why didn't you enter the draft after that year that you had? Um, and I want the honest. Yeah, the can honest. Can you give us some insight on those free throws? On I the mean, free throws? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 so we can go to the free throws. Yeah. We gonna go to the free throws, and then we gonna go into why you didn't enter the draft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the free throws. It was just kind of a thing where like. I think it's just part of the game, and it's kind of like, kind of like the the thing with George Hill, bro. It's 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 kind of things that you can't really explain. Like, I had been 15 for 15 from the line up to that point. That's crazy. I go to the bucket. Say it again. No, no, I was no, 15. Because, yeah. Because I don't think niggas understand. Yeah. Ask a nigga to hit 15 free throws in yeah. a row, not on the same occasion. That's either. a fact. I had been 15 and free, 15 for 15 from the line up to that point. And we're down one, and I go to the basket and I get fouled with 31 seconds left, or maybe 21 seconds left. And I wouldn't say I got cocky, but I was just, I was feeling good. Like, I was feeling good. And um, I shot the first one, and I remember I kind of like, 
I shot it and I didn't even follow through. I just thought it was money. Okay. Okay. I shot. I sure. I sure armed it and it kind of rattled in and out. So by this time, it's like, bro, it's like 31 seconds. We down one. Like I gotta tie this game. So the other one, the second one, instead of relaxing and just shooting my normal form, tense. I got tense. You know what I'm saying? Being that being the first time. Being in the NCAA tournament, I'm playing a clutch, a clutch moment. I'm playing on CBS. The whole world is watching, uh, nigga, so I it's kind of like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. The whole world no, is watching. No, no, no. You know what I mean? Nigga so said, I was watching. I was watching yeah. So right. that's something that yeah, that is. you know I end up missing that free throw, but I didn't miss that free throw because of fear or because I didn't want to take the shot. I just it think happens. that no, no, it, it happens. But I think that I had been playing so well. I had 31 points on nine shots. On nine shots. I missed one shot that whole game. One shot that... That's what people forget. I missed one. I was eight for nine from the field and 15 for 17 from the free throw. And my second one, I, I feel like I just got a little bit cocky. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this is money. We're going... You know what I'm saying? We're going we gonna to get it. And it just happened to rim out. And to answer your question, Kev, as far as uh, not entering the draft, what's that saying go, if only I knew then what I know now? Yeah. I didn't know the I impact. Say. I didn't know the oh. impact of... Of what I did, I was I was first team All Big East. I mean, I was a first I was first team freshman All Big East when the Big East was loaded. You talking Lit. about Big right. East wasn't loaded. like how the Big East loaded. is now. Let's and, get this let's and, get this right. And the year prior to that, Louisville had not even made the tournament. Mm -hmm. Facts. And people were saying, I mean, whether it be true or not, people were saying that we're going back to the tournament because this kid Sosa's putting on. Like this mm -hmm. kid Sosa's putting on for Louisville. So I just think that. Just based off that and, and 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 based off, you know, what I did, I think if I would have entered the draft one, they would have picked me just off potential. He's a freshman. Lottery pick. Off potential, yeah. they would have picked me. And then if they and, and, and if I didn't get drafted, I feel like I was young enough where somebody would have gave me a chance to come and they and they would have been like, Yo, give me a, give this kid a year just because he's young and he yeah. just did what he did. And and I feel that that through my work ethic and the, and the way I grind, I feel that I could have worked hard enough to at least stay in the in the league. Now that was ten years ago, maybe more than that. Now I don't know if today I will still be in the league because I'm just being real. But I feel that I would at least had a chance to touch an NBA court, knowing then what I know now. So Sos, man, uh, you finish, you know, your senior year at Louisville, and um, draft day, you know, you didn't get the call. Mm -hmm. You know, you end up playing, you know, with Detroit uh, for Summer League. And then um, you end up going to Italy for your first year of uh, professional basketball. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to know, what was your, uh, I keep going to, to mindset because I, I, I'm big on the mind. <laughs> uh, I wanted to know, what was your mindset, you know, um, going into, you know, to a new country, yeah. you know, probably a, a new system mm -hmm. um, from what you played in college. You know, how was you, how was your mind frame and, and how was you able, you know, to kind of like adapt to it? Because you actually had a, you had a great first year. Yeah. I mean, when I went overseas, bro, I'm not going to lie, I was scared, bro. Just, uh, not never going to another country before. I mean, you, you travel mm -hmm. to like Canada and all this stuff like that, but I'm talking about like from the United live. States across the Atlantic, across the Atlantic, bro. You're in Europe now, and I remember just getting there, like not knowing to expect, not knowing what to expect. But I remember I got there, and I just sat. They like, you're really treated like a pro, like a grown up. So they got me from the airport. They drove me to my city, which was like an hour, uh, <clears throat> hour and a half from Milan. They showed me my apartment. They gave me my car, 
and they said, All right. they said yeah they said we're gonna text you with uh with the schedule you know when practice is gonna be and all that stuff and I remember just walking into my apartment and I just walked around. I checked the I checked the room. <laughs> I sat on my couch, bro. You know your phone don't work over there. Yeah. yeah. I sat on my couch, bro, and it was like August like 20th, bro. And I'm like, bro, I'm here to the end of May. Sheesh. And I just went in my room and I fell asleep, bro. And then I got up, whatever we had the team then as the tree, the team introductions. That's crazy. And then the season started, bro, and it was just a grind <laughs> every single day. They just, just fall asleep bro. in another country. That's like a fuck, that. bro. Whack his shit one time. Uh, <laughs> so, boom, you in Italy, right? I whack my <laughs> shit here. Imagine this shit, bro. <laughs> yo, 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 what you think? He gets paused, bro. Yo, yo, yo. Don't let him get Let's not digress. Let's not digress. Yo, so, uh... So, so as you finish it, you know, um, your first year, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I believe um, that's right before the uh, the lockout. Mm-hmm. But right before that, you know, you're playing uh, with the Dominican Republic national team. Yeah. So you know you're playing with the national team. How how that how how that get established? I mean, I always had a relationship with the national team just Going because back high school. Yeah, in 2005, my junior year high school, I played with the junior national team. Okay. So they always like followed me. They followed me through my college career. They wanted me to play with the old team as, as when I was in college, but Rick Pitino wouldn't allow it. Okay. So mm-hmm. after I was done and I was my and own what, man, what, what and was, I was the logic behind that? Why? Just hurt. not wanting you to get hurt. Yeah, Is it just not wanting you to I get guess, hurt? I guess. I guess you know. And, and there's a lot of there's a lot of control. Uh, you know that the coach has over the players in all college programs, not just Louisville, but there's a lot of control and they get to say so on what you do and don't do. So throughout my four years at Louisville, I wasn't able to represent the national team. So finally, after I graduated, that was the year of the pre-Olympic qualifier. And I was able to play with the national team and and my first my first year on the national team. Any friends with you? Any friends with me? No. That play with you? On the national team? No. James, uh, t- today, James yeah, but in, in 2011, there. James didn't play. So, uh, you playing on the national team. Uh, Calipari is actually the coach. Yeah. Um, you're playing against uh, Panama. Mm-hmm. I want to say in the States, it was probably uh, 8 a.m., 9 a.m. Yeah. Um, so, you're playing against Panama. you having actually a, a good game. Um, I still remember you You had Charlie and, uh, and Francisco Garcia on your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hofer. Uh, yeah, Al Hofford, uh, and you're playing against um, Gabby Forbes, I remember, he was with Panama, yeah. and uh, towards the game, you know, I want to say it was a minute or less, you know, you do a move, and um, it's a move that you always do, and uh, the move resulted into uh, a snap, crack, and pop. Uh, Basically, it was something. It, it was it was ugly. Yeah. You know, it was something that I actually. Uh, this this is when I had Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I woke up to a lot of actually uh, a lot of DMs um, mm-hmm. letting me know um, of the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just I know it's tough for you, you know, to to kind of like talk about it and, yeah. and, and go through that. Yeah. Uh, kind of just let me know. Still, yeah, like I don't how, know. How, yeah. how was it, man? I like, mean, t- today. Today is not so tough, because honestly, t- today, you know, it happened eight years ago. 
sometimes I even forget that happened to me, but I'm reminded of it so much that like it's kind of jumping and taking yeah, off. Yeah, even and jumping like, and taking off. You, you, I mean, that's, it's that's nothing. Excellent. That's excellent. Yeah, I don't feel cool. anything. So, but but I'm constantly getting reminded for about it, and that's I'm known for it. I'm known for it, so it's kind of it's hard to kind of escape it. But yeah, you know, I made a move to the basket. And I felt it was a, it was a, just a normal fall, a normal fall, bro. I didn't feel anything, but I felt like something like pop, and I'm like, damn, yo, my shoe broke, my shoe broke, bro. So I turn around and I go to I go to stand up and I just see my leg like hanging. Oh my god! And and that was really the worst day of my life, bro. What was your what was your mental, man? Like, like what went through your head at that time? God, we call you stop eating. I thought, uh, I thought it was over, bro. I, because up to that point, I've, I've never broken a bone into that. You never had. Anything. I never had. I never had bone, nothing. Bro, I, I, will, I will tweak an ankle here and there, but I've never, I've never broken a bone or nothing to that. You ain't break a bone when you busted your ass like, going like, down like the bike. No, I had a whole bunch of scrapes <laughs> on me, but my, all my bones like, was intact. You was holding your shit. Your shit was. Yeah, my joint was hanging. It was hanging. It was hanging. I felt like I broke my leg. That's a fact. It was gross. Yeah, yeah, bro. It was, it was brutal, bro. How was uh? How was uh? So you break that your shit leg, is crazy. man. That um, shit is. That shit nuts. is how, how was the process, what, man? What, and what, like, the like, medical, what, the medical term. Yeah, yeah, what did you exactly break? So I broke, I broke my fibula and my tibia. So those are the 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 two bones that connect your ankle to your knee and support all all your body. That nigga and, shin was out. And my shin was, and that's. And I, I I did so much reading on there. Shout out to my trainer, Robinson like Frias. Shout out to my man Rob. That's, that's yeah. basically what makes up your shit. So your yeah. shit was snap. It was it was off. And yeah, that part of your body gets the the lowest blood circulation. So anything that goes on between your knee and your ankle, it takes a lot of time to heal just because it doesn't get as much blood right. flow. Damn. So that's kind of like one of the worst bones to break. If uh, Outside of your skull, if you are going to break a bone, the tibia is, is, is hard. It's a hard break just because not so much blood flows through there, so it takes time for it to heal. Shit. Uh. And, and what was your recovery process like? So my recovery process... Uh, it took me a full 18 months to feel normal. Like, to feel normal that I can run without any pain. But also, you say 18 months, but when you came back, you ended up breaking, breaking my your, foot. Breaking your foot. Yeah, because I, I, I came back early. I mean, I came back. I tried to be a hero. I tried to come back after 11 months. Okay. And um, I was I was out there looking crazy, like I was hobbling and limping, and dudes was like telling me like, "Yo, bro, you're not ready, you're not ready." But out of necessity, out of me feeling like, bro, I have to play, I have to earn a contract, I gotta get money. You had that work. You had that work ethic of of like, yo, I gotta play. Because I'm sure even though you was hurt, you was still trying to get that money. You was pushing yourself. I was pushing myself. Yeah, I was a young man, and my mindset was. And it's crazy because, yo, bro, it's crazy. But my mindset was, don't tell me that I played all these years. We're talking about from sixth grade all the way through college till I'm 22 when I graduated. I played all these years working my tail off for free. Pro right. bono work. Right. Yeah. Pro bono work. And when it's time to me, and it, when it's time for so me to make, out. to <laughs> cash out, to make my little bit of coins, I'm done. I said, nah, that ain't going to be me, bro. And that was my motivation every day. I was like, bro, forget what I did in high school. Forget the, in my opinion, what I think was just an average college career. 
ain't do all this shit for free, bro. I ain't do all this shit for nothing. When it's time for me you to... Said so, you said the word free. I want to touch on this for about 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. This past um, academic year, mm-hmm. there was a lot of controversy behind, you know, players being paid. I just wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. what is your position on athletes being paid who are in the NCAA? I feel that actually athletes should get paid in the NCAA because if you think about it, athletes is what keeps the the universities afloat, in my opinion. When it comes to just making money and building new facilities and having more people, more more students with talent enroll into your school and Mm want to come to your school. They act like the athletes. You know what I'm saying? So at the four years, the four years that I was at Louisville, I can't remember the the exact amount of millions, Even I got but paid. we were, we were by far, yeah, we were by far the university that made more money than any other university in the country. We're talking about North Carolina, Duke, mm-hmm. Louisville, made the most money than any other university in the four years that I was there. We had a, a, a an arena, Freedom Hall. Shout out to Freedom Hall. It, does, it, it no longer exists. Shout out to 20, Freedom Hall of twenty two thousand stu- uh, twenty two thousand seat arena that was sold out every game. It every doesn't game. matter if we were playing no, no. pit. Shout, shout out to you because that's because <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Yeah. At the end of the that's day, a lot of your sweat equity. Right, right, right. Yeah, so that's sweat yeah, equity. Yeah, so right. so so to the athletes who are who are putting on for the school is not. It's not right that, especially a lot of athletes that come from, you know, not having a privileged background, disadvantaged background, background, you know, it's not fair that you go to to college and you play at this high major university and you eating a cup of noodles with hot dogs, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? While you have your college coach who you see every day, you grinding with him. He's making seven, eight million dollars a year. Speaking engagements, endorsements. He's make they making millions, and you're making nothing. Okay, they say, well, you're getting your education paid for, and your education costs this, this, and this amount. That's a but it, That's, it, but you're being comp. Right, but that doesn't equate to the amount of money that you're bringing in as an athlete and being the face of a university. Uh, okay. I, I don't want. I don't mean to interject, but mm-hmm. I just want to say one thing. Mm-hmm. I want to ask one question. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly. Because you 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 underrate your worth ethic, mm-hmm. and we praise it. Mm-hmm. So I want to know when you went to college, mm-hmm. were the people who were working harder than you, or you felt like we were no. working harder than you, or do you feel like your worth ethic stood stood tall in in the college atmosphere? Right. Um. I and and I don't and I don't. I'm not gonna say this to sound cocky, because everybody knows I'm not. I'm not cocky. I'm thankful. Not James, but I haven't met. <laughs> yeah, yo, shout out to yo. Right, Verna, shout out to James. Episode we'll episode late, tomorrow. But anyway, I'm ha- I haven't met anybody. I haven't met anybody yet that's willing to work as hard as I work. And 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 let me say that I've met a lot of players who are way more talented than me. I've played mm. with a lot of players mm. who are more talented that's than me. But I'm I feel that the position that I'm in today and everything that I've accomplished has nah. been through hard work. Not because of my talent, but let, right. me, let me say this. Like, where I'm cut different is that if I hear that you getting up at 6 a.m. to go get shots and to lift, I'm going to get up at 5. That, that's just the mentality that I have, you know what but, I'm and, saying? And that's what I want to touch on to the youth. At the end of the day, it's not what about somebody is doing. It's about what's in your heart. You need to want to be better. At the end of the day, Sosa want to be better than everybody, and that's just it. that's just in his heart. 
He just want to do what's, what's greater. If you doing something, I want to do something greater. It's, and and I just wanted to highlight that. Yeah. You know, at the end of the you, day. You got to fast forward. Like, because cause I know how I know how Kev feel about your hard work, you know? So, yeah. and that shit is not, that shit, that shit should not be taken lightly right. at the end of the day. Uh, no, no, I totally agree with, uh, yo, I need you to relax. Um, because you bet that nobody tell you to drink so much, so I need you to relax. Uh, oh, but like I, me last episode, it's all right. So, uh, what I was gonna Can say is, uh, uh, <laughs> going <laughs> into nah, because I'm taking it home. Uh, bouncing off what Shaq said, man. So, you had uh this terrible injury, man. A lot of people, you know, who I actually, you know, who I actually wowed on, um, because they said that uh you wasn't um going to be able to bounce back yeah so that situation happened mm-hmm. your your bounce back you know your uh your uh being relentless um has led you you know to actually capture five championship you know and i still remember in it, what country and yeah so the people know you tell me so i won i won three championships in in italy mm-hmm. i won two championships in iran Okay. Yeah, and I won one championship in Lebanon. Lebanon. So okay. so far in my career, I've won six championships. So so out of those, you know, you won six championships. Like I, I really want to know how does that like make Shout you feel? Spain, because Iran. because there was a, a a point, you know, in time where a lot of people said, you know, that that it was over. You know that yeah. he wasn't gonna be able to bounce back from this injury. So. Mm-hmm. How does that like 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 make you feel? You know, kind of yeah. like, and also tying into you know, you being able, you know, to to buy your mom mom's a crib, you know, yeah. f- from that hard work, you know, mm-hmm. uh, even though people say you know that you wasn't gonna be able to recover. I mean, it feels great to to see it now. You know what I'm saying? But when I when I was recovering from my injuries and going through all that, I didn't see none of this happening. You know what I'm saying? I just treated it as a as a day-to-day grind and at some point i knew that i had to get back on the court at least i wanted to and like my mentality was like yo like i'm gonna get back to being a basketball player or i'm just gonna hurt myself again trying to become a basketball player just because at that point in my life basketball was all that i knew if i I never i never had a job i never had to really work for nothing so i was like yo like if my basketball career was to end right now at 22 years old like what am i gonna do with the rest of my life you know what i'm saying so that was just my grind every day of just like waking up every day and just working hard at rehab. So was there any point of you feeling like you was gonna give up? I did give up. I gave up at some point and I told my trainer, I was like, yo bro, like, cause I was going to rehab for dumb long, bro. Is it and right? Yeah, and I, and I was not getting better. We talking about like a year in. Regaining, you know, um, your confidence, you know, and, and being able, you know, uh, to be a five-time, you know, um, champ, six-time. I'm sorry. Yeah. Of um, champ, you know, um, despite everything uh, that you had to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um. So one of the things that I, I also wanted to ask you, man, is, um, do you still have aspiration of uh, playing in the NBA? Um, I don't. I mean, in my young, in my younger years of when I started going overseas. My goal was like, yo, I'm about to, I'm about to try to kill overseas. I'm going to try to kill overseas and hopefully get an opportunity to come back. But I think at this point in my life, being 30, you have to accept reality and understand that basketball is really a young man's game. Okay. 
And and the and, overseas bread is ain't that bad. It's not. It's not. But the NBA, I think, is a young man's game. And although, let's say I go to a, a NBA camp or or a tryout, let's say, and I'm matched up with a kid that's 22 because it's happened to me. Yeah. It happened to me with the Pistons. I'll go into a training camp or just a, a personal workout for an hour with a, with a player, let's say, who's just fresh out of college. And let's say I, I'll work him, I'll, I'll perform him and everything. They're, the They're going to take the young kid just based off potential, Outside. thinking that, you know, this, this guy is 30, he's already at his prime or, or he's closer to the end than he is to the beginning. So the NBA is a young man's game, and I think James can attest to this, that after you get to a certain age, you kind of just treat this as a job and you, res- and, you and, and you understand what reality is and you just... Not that you get comfortable, but you understand what the situation is and you just try to play basketball as long as you can. I wanted to ask you something. So, we spoke about this off camera. Yeah. I respect the fact that at your age, you're treating this as a profession and you understand the dynamics and the politics behind roster spots. Right. But if an NBA team was to give you an opportunity would you be open to the opportunity? Oh, without a doubt. That's something that I don't turn down. And the reason why I would take it, it's the NBA. Okay. You know, right. one of my best friends, shout out Kimball Walk, he plays in the NBA. And just watching him grow, he played also on my high school team. Just watching him grow and watching the man that he's become playing in the NBA, that's an amazing lifestyle. But it also comes with a lot. But I think for me that the reason why I would love to play in the NBA, not because of the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's just to be in the States. Yeah. Because right. I feel like when you go overseas, you're gone from August to May. Even August to the end of June, if you make it to the championship, and you miss things. Mm-hmm. You miss Christmas. Family. You miss Thanksgiving. Like, I miss all my boys' accomplishments. Every year that I come back from overseas, like, my mom is a year older. Mm-hmm. My brother's a year older. And yeah, they go to visit, but you get to see them throughout the year. 10 days yeah. when they come to visit, then they got to come back. So when I hear NBA players complain about being traded and how they're so heartbroken, I understand. But a part of me is like, bro, like at me. At least you're in the States. At least you're in the States. You get to see your family. I meet, Me, since in my seven years of going overseas, I've done one-year deals. Now my brother James, he's done two-year deals where he gets to stay in the same city. Big time. For two years. Mm-hmm. More than that sometimes. For me, I'll do one year. So every year, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know who's going to be my teammates. I have to adjust to the different culture, to the language. Question. How many different countries? So I've played. Iran. I've played in Italy. And these are all. Yeah, I didn't split. I I have. There's a couple places where I didn't play the the whole season. But we're just going to talk about, like, the places I've played. So I've played in Italy. I've played in Spain. I've played in Germany. I've played in Iran. I've played in Lebanon. DR, Puerto Rico. DR, Puerto Rico. Do you play in Israel? I played in Israel. Mm-hmm. So what's that? That's nine countries. So and I've, now I've, France. I've, and now I'm and now I'm going to France. I've played in Australia, New Zealand. So now this year I'm going to somewhere new, somewhere I haven't been. I've been there to play games, but not to live, which Do you is know France. Where you're going already? Yes. Uh, yeah. So next year I'm playing for for Gravelines Donquero as a team that's 
two two hours away from Paris. Okay. So that's where I will be living from from August to May. So you speak no French. You speak no no French though. That shit trash. That's the only shit you know. In FDA. I'll say a year old man to have played and traveled to all these countries. Yeah, you're very cultured. Yeah, yeah. So there is a blessing. Yeah. In that also. Yeah, there's a there's a blessing and a downside in everything. I'm 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 sure, beloved, with. What you do, what Kev does, Shaq, Gabby, and everything that we do in life, there's a good and a bad. That's a yeah, fact. and That's and a fact. so like so so for me being a professional basketball player, yeah, it feels good to have a dollar in my pocket. It feels good that if I want to go eat a steak, I can eat a steak. If I want to buy a T-shirt, I can buy a T-shirt. But what comes with that, you you miss a lot of time. You know what I'm saying? You miss your family. Time you miss is birth- the only currency. Time's the only one. So there's a give and a take with everything. With everything is a give and a take. Uh, before mm-hmm. we uh wrap this up, man, I I wanted to ask you uh about something that I know it means a, a lot to you. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you had the injury, you know, you was overseas, you put in the work, and then um, you was able uh, to, to buy your mother, uh, you was able to buy your mother a house in Florida. Mm-hmm. So I, I just wanted to know, how was that, how was that accomplishment for you? Like, how, how did you feel, you know, doing that uh, for you? Because I still remember the time when Marisa used to come to the park mm-hmm. and you're like, hey, yeah. You know, uh, it's time for you to come in the crib. You know, so so yeah. how did you how did you feel? You know, being able to you know to to, to purchase. Your Man, that was that that was probably the biggest thing of my life, and that's probably will be my biggest compliments, the biggest accomplishment of my life, just because my mother is my hero. When I tell you about this lady's schedule for about twelve to fifteen years, y'all may not. Understand it. Understand or grasp it. So, so my mother. So my mother. So my mother worked in a bakery on Dykeman, Kenny's Facts. Bakery. Shout out Kenny's Bakery. My mother worked there for about 12 to fifteen years, and I'm just gonna tell you her schedule. So my mom used to wake up every day. My mom worked every day except Fridays. But then I'm gonna tell you what she did on Fridays. Right. My mother used to work. Wake up at four a.m. Wake up. Wake up at four a.m. and work in the bakery. From 5 a.m. to 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. Mm. She used to come home at 3 p.m. and cook for my brothers, clean, do laundry, whatever she had to do from 3 to 6. And then at 6, she'll go back to the bakery till closing at 11. Mm-hmm. When she came home at 11, she had to do what she had to do, sleep a couple hours just to wake up at 4 to do the same thing mm-hmm. every day. Now, Fridays was her days off. On Fridays, she used to get on the bus from 7 to 8 hours and go visit my brother and my dad in jail. Did that for about 15 years, and as a, as a youngin, you appreciate your mom for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it was a lot of, I was, I wasn't, I, at a young age, I wasn't the best player in my hood. Shout out Stephen Polanco. Stephen Polanco was real. No mm-hmm. fear. Steven, no fear. Stephen Polanco was that dude. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And, and I kind of looked up to him growing up. Stephen Polanco was was that guy. So, just growing up, just seeing the 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 way that my mom raised me, I just knew that. I had to do something beautiful for her. And she will always watch the Kardashian show, my mom. And she'll be like, oh, one day I want to live like a Kardashian. One day, one day I want to be, one, one day I, I know, she's like, I know one day I'm going to live like a Kardashian. I'm going to hit the lottery and one day I'm going to live like a Kardashian. And, you know, I just, when I came back from my injury, I just started stacking my coins, stacking my coins. And 
I told the mom, I said, yo, we're moving to Florida. Now, when we moved to Florida two years ago, going on t- on July 20th, it'll be two years that I've been living in Florida. Mm. We don't know, we didn't know nobody. Mm-hmm. We still know very, a little bit of people. Yeah. We don't know much. And then um, I was I was talking to this realtor all year, picking out houses. Yeah, talk about that process. Yeah, so I was in Iran, so I'm not there to physically see the house. So I'm telling him, yeah, I want something extravagant. Like this is my budget. I want something. I want something with high ceilings. I want a pool. Right. I want a big kitchen. My mom mm-hmm. loves to cook. I want to. I want to. I want to do it nice for her. Mm-hmm. So all years, I'm I'm literally emailing this dude all year to the point where he's like, bro, I'm on vacation. Like, give me. I'm like, bro, I have to get this done. I have to do yeah. this. So God willing. We just got on the plane. We had about five, six houses to choose from, and it was all a surprise to her. And then when we pulled up to Florida, I was like, Mom, this is for you. Mm-hmm. And she started crying and all that, and it, it was a beautiful feeling, man. It made me feel like a man, for real. Mm. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. And, that's what it's all about. And to end it there, it don't get no better than that to just yeah, end it, it right it, there. It just really uh, don't get no better than that, you know. Uh, hey, now. I always <laughs> feel that... Uh, yeah, man, I always feel that uh, so some he's a person that really don't uh, share his journey or let a lot of people know what's going on with him. So uh, I just now, feel now, like wait, hold on. But aside from aside from your mom, what you bought yourself? Um, I haven't bought what's myself. What's the most extravagant thing you bought yourself? Pair of shoes, bro. I mean, niggas have a pair of shoes. You yeah. said shoes. So yeah. you being a ball player, yeah, you're probably big into sneaker culture. Yeah. What is your favorite brand? Right. What is your favorite pair kicks the ball? Okay. In? So let me just so say this loud and clear that so Drew is in the building. Okay, Drew. The okay. sneaker man himself. Drew's in nah, the so, 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 nah, shout out to Fame NYC. So we're not so going to talk love, about them chains, right? I, we're not going to buy nothing, son. <laughs> we ain't going to talk about them chains. I love, I love shout sneakers. Out to James, I'm, a, shout out. I'm a sneaker right. head. And um, the best shoe, obviously you can't ball in this shoe, but the best shoe for me of all time is the Jordan 4. Okay. I try to get as many pair of those as I can. Okay. Shout out to Drew. Today. I need them Travis Scotts. You know what I'm Man. saying? <laughs> yeah, James. I need them Travis Scotts, bro. For but no, nah, like I'm, I'm, I'm real big into. For free. Nah, I'm real big into sneaker culture and Jordan mm-hmm. Four. By far is the if, if if God came down and was like, Yo, Edgar, you could only have one shoe that you have to wear for the rest of your life. It'll be the bread Jordan Four. Bread Jordan Four. Yeah. For me, it'll be the black and white patent leathers. That's nice, but but oh, Gabby, we don't care about what you like to wear. <laughs> oh, and that's it, man. Episode. Uh, uh, hey, before uh, we hold end, on, hold on, hold on. Episode eleven. Before we end, I just want to say that what you guys are doing in the community, bro. Like, get this on camera, James. Now, nah, what you guys are doing in the com- in the community, bro. Like, I respect it. And I know that one day that you guys are gonna be big. I know that you guys are big already, but like. What you guys are doing is appreciated, man. And I was just overseas. I watched every single episode from beginning to end. And what you guys are doing is positive, man. And I just want to say thank you for allowing me to come on y'all show. Facts. Y'all dude is the man. Thanks for and I, no, 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 and no, no, I appreciate y'all, man. Uh, thank you, man. Uh, thank you, bro. And that's it. Episode 11. Episode 11. Yeah, We back here tomorrow. Hey, now, podcast. Conversation Ready. with a bunch of nobody. Shout out to my man Drew for walking by the goddamn camera when it was still recording. <laughs> and we dead, baby. Back.